Okay, but it is 420. I was 419 when I stopped. It is 420, right? Oh, I won't do it. All right. It was good talking to y'all. And now we're going to end it like this. Goodbye. Hey, universe, are you awake? I saw your lights on. No, I'm kidding. I know your lights are always on, universe. How you been? What's it been like? Oh, it is 5 a.m. There's no chance of me getting some sleep now, so this is one of those days where I think I'm just going to have to power through it, get to the end of the day exhausted, get my sleep schedule back on track in one fell swoop of... It's 10 o'clock, and I can't keep my eyes open. But what that means, unfortunately for you, universe, is while I've got some energy, you're going to be the one I pester. Since I, uh, I brought a list this time, so back to, well, let's face it, there's never any back to anything for me because... I've never felt like I had a foundation on which I was drawing support, so what was I going back to? Some other version of myself? Nah. I was always moving forward into some other obstacle course of which I was going to not navigate it well, but the nice thing about taking all the obstacles away is, boy, you sure do feel a lot less stress. Although I do feel cotton mouth, so I'm not going to drink some chocolate milk with y'all on this recording, but I am going to drink some, so hold on. Hello? Um, yeah, hold on. Break's almost over. 30 seconds. Okay. So, the opening... Whoa, almost coughed. Suppressed. Cough suppressant. Suppressant, spelled with an A-N-T. Um, I almost... Still suppressing, honestly. But... Here, pause. Courtesy cough, realized. Um, back to the AK-47 interjection that I opened this with. Well, actually, I closed the last one with. I just didn't feel like it was appropriate to close it that way. I don't uh, manufacture the endings of these. I don't manufacture anything about this process, really, um, which is part of the... Mm, unlistenable nature of it. I get that. But since the audience that really, the only audience that bought a ticket is me, I'm not unwilling to um, to express the opportunity to connect on some of life's more pretzely twists. That's fine. I'm not above taking the abuse and criticism that comes with the misdeeds I've transgressed in my past. Not that I feel like beating me up is good for you, but I'm not above the conversations. So the exposure I'm providing here isn't an attempt to say, hey, come talk about me. In fact, while I'm always willing to talk about me, the most fascinating thing to me to talk about is you. And what I worry about is how hard it is sometimes for me to have what I know are conversations that other people find uncomfortable. When I first meet you, there is nothing I'm not capable of telling you. Now, I know that there are social boundaries on which I should not be crossing. 
especially at work. Roger that. Um, and I'm not trying to imply that I'm, I, I'm saying I would not want to tell you some of my college stories at work, but if I'm hanging out with you in a bar shooting pool, you're liable to hear those stories first. So there's an appropriate place for everything, but there's no place in which you shouldn't just be drawing consideration lines for the fluidity they create in the circumstance that you exist. In other words, you don't harass people. You don't especially sexually harass people. And you certainly don't even insinuate that shit in the workplace. And so when those lines aren't clearly drawn by somebody around you, they stand out as screaming inappropriate. I think that's all great. We should have standards on which behavior is there to be expected to keep ourselves from having the friction that can come if those standards are broken. But when it comes to my stories, I mean, yeah, I get that I don't want to tell my poop to my pants story in an interview to most people. Well, I'm not even sure that that's not a story I can share with the world. And that's what I started to realize. Okay, well, which stories should I still not share? Well, I do not like speaking of my past top gold, silver, bronze medal stories of shame, but they're there. I'm not going to repeat them every episode because I don't have that sort of disregard for the people that I hurt in those episodes to keep shouting out, look at these moments. I admit them because in those moments, there's nothing but victimization caused by me. And I'm part of that. I'm a victim in those scenarios too. Not in a way that outshines anybody else, but you start acting that way. And what do you do? Well, you start having those moments on which to reflect. And there's some of the worst moments around. And so <clears throat> that's why I let them beat me up for most of my life until I started to think, well, I mean, some of that stuff's 30 years ago. Some of it's even longer than that. And uh, I don't want to say that it's the kind of realization that you're still in the game. It's the middle of the third quarter and you're only down a field goal and you're acting like you quit. Yeah, that's pretty true. And I hate how much of my life <laughs> I feel like I started understanding so far along the path of it actually being there to be understood. Ugh. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> when I was speaking about how I hadn't rectified my own shenanigan situation myself, but it had rectified itself. Well, the shenanigan that existed was when I walked out of Sprouts, I wasn't really... Uh, I sh what I should have done, maybe next time, well, next time, quit predicting you're going to walk out of your next job. That's time number one. But time number two, if it happens again, for reasons especially that were out of my control, that were abusive, and that in retrospect, I still don't regret anything I did that day. Um, and for once, I really don't think I was a problem. Like, ah, what a weird place to be. Because I could always find something I did wrong to blame myself for everything that I ever got into that was conflict-oriented. I mean, it just was pretty good at finding a way that it was my fault. And in most cases, it was. 
not every case, but in the cases it wasn't, I would certainly have found a way to blame myself. And this is one instance where not only can't I find something to blame myself for, but I can relive that moment again and again with the pride that I acted exactly like I wanted to. That is the newest sign of John ever. Because uh, I didn't even have that moment in life, let alone one that I was semi-proud of, that was a negative experience overall. I mean, if you can't come out of the tumbles of life with a feeling of, I may have taken a tumble, but goddammit, I did it the way I needed to. It could have been worse, and I don't think it could have been much better. I handled that well. Well, I think that is the feeling of true, I don't know, self-emerging confidence. The infallibility of believing that you will get through whatever life's tumbles are. These are new experiences for me. Not that I've never felt this way. I've always... I've always lied to myself about being up to the challenge, only to find out that when the challenge sort of emerged to give my an opportunity to show who I really was, well, the best grade I ever probably legitimately earned was a B. And most of the time, it was a C minus, a D, or oftentimes, if I'm being honest, an F. And most of it was because I had come into the situations full of myself in a way that wasn't me. And when I walked out of Sprouts, I did the right thing. But it's such a borderline position to be in that I couldn't just walk up to my parents' house and said, look what just happened to me. Here's who I am. This is what happened. Because uh, pretty much every other time I've done it, I wasn't put in a position to do it, I allowed it to erode into a position where I justified, mm, I justifiably said no more. But I was at least 60%, if not 80%, if not 43%, if not some measurable element in the situation going down as it did. And the way I walked out of the advertising agency is 900% my fault there was an opportunity to completely check in for years that I never listened to. Because somehow I knew if I didn't figure it out now, what was I, 30-something? If I didn't figure it out now, and the woman I was dating at the time was a bubbly, vivacious, perfect on the surface, but not her real self on the inside person. She just was way better at working through society's levers and advantages than I was. I was having an existential crisis and she wasn't willing to let it happen. And I'm sure she's quite successful now. She's one person who I've lost touch with who is better off without me around because <clears throat> she had an ability not to ask questions that were limiting. If she saw a question was limiting, she just disregarded it. And I couldn't, I couldn't do that, you know. I always felt like I needed I needed to just have I needed to just have it all. I needed there to be no it, it's like I needed the reception to be perfect. I couldn't have those moments where it faded in and out for 2 seconds. I needed the radio to be dialed in exactly. I needed the picture to always make sense. <clears throat> so when you're the biggest problem in terms of what won't make sense, 
well, wherever you go, you're going to have the sort of palette of color to paint in that makes everything but you ultimately the problem that won't go away. And I didn't try to fix this. I didn't try to, I mean, I did try to fix this, but I didn't intentionally make it all work out, which is what's diabolical still for me is how I don't really have answers. And all of a sudden I think I have stories that are worth telling. Well, if that's not the definition of hubris and false prophet <clears throat> or whatever other, what have I been wasting my time listening to you for mentality? Okay, I agree. Because I don't think there is such a thing as a prophet. There's no such thing as a book you read that gets your mental framework into a position to understand how you're supposed to live your life. It's a question that only you have the answer for. And so when my mom called and asked me point blank, hey, are you working? <laughs> and I said, no, but here's what happened. And I finally told her my story. Well, I was 16, 17, whatever day is too late. Or at least, I, I mean, a day to cool off and make sure that this is actually the story before I start spreading around what things tomorrow I will be changing because I regret them already. I mean, there's a cooling off period that I'll give myself because I think that's just a reasonable frame of mind for me to exist without influence. But once I'm settled on my decisions and what's going forward in a way that's being slightly disruptive in my life, I need to let the people around me know what's going on. <clears throat> so I'm saying that as much as I am ever going to need to say it because I think that the one person I needed to say that to the most, I just said it to. Not now, but two days ago. Because in the moment that I was 100% honest, and then my mom asked me a couple questions to which, of course she should ask. I mean, this is the kind of story that normally I would be giving you because I overslept or got I failed a drug test or whatever. You know, like, I'd be like, well, I failed a drug test, but I don't want to tell you that. So what I'm going to tell you is this guy war came after me and attacked me. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Really? What the fuck was that about? Ah. Anyway, yeah, that's the fucking story. So, but it was. It is. It is. It is the story. It's what happened. And and did I do anything wrong? Well, I mean, can I can I live this moment down and say absolutely not? Of course not. I still reflect upon it wondering how that all got so twisty. But I didn't do anything. In fact, on that day, I didn't, I, I, there's nothing I could have done differently. Now, could I have admitted two months ago that this was a place I shouldn't be in? I'm probably giving off that vibe, and the people who might be picking that vibe up the most are someday going to come in in the wrong mood, and I'll be in the wrong mood, and all of a sudden there will be some escalation of emotional undercurrent that I'm not even aware is happening until it's gotten into a moment that I don't understand what's going on, and now I'm just going to walk out the door before something really regrettable happens? Well, I didn't think that was going to happen, right? I certainly didn't walk in that day thinking that. Hell, two hours before I'm actually walking out the door, I still had no sense this is where things were going, were, could get to. Like, it just was like a volcano went off without ever giving us the precursor earthquake to let us know something's trembling over there in that big old mountain. Oh, no. Or if those signals were there, my seismograph was broken. And uh, what little bit of awareness I had of maybe... Things being slightly askew, 
Things did not feel like they were a boiling hot. Do not touch this. That surface is not just hot. It is going to scald you. Oops. Um, no, didn't know. So, did I know that my mom was was wondering why I was being distant? Of course, I know. And that's that's the other thing. Like, I was putting this off because I just wanted to have the Home Depot thing locked up before I was going to just tell them the entire sequence of events so that there wasn't the worry of, well, now what are you going to do? Well, uh, but the truth is, that worry is clearly present since I'm up at, oh, 520, 420 in L.A., um, being up at 520 in the morning... Obviously, I'm stressing out about that now. This needs to go right today, or else my easy path, slide on by route in life, will face a legitimate hurdle to get through. And while I know that's probably good for me in the long run, uh, I'm just, you know, having the work at Home Depot would be a nice little stepping stool on which to get a better view, just until I don't rush into something else that feels misfit Home Depot would be a decent fit and uh, I've never spoken now that I know these things are accessible and a few of you are actually downloading them that's the NSA hello NSA um, the MI6 I don't know is that what the whatever the and and I, so who's who's the top and who's the bottom between America and Great Britain right Am I the only one that wonders that? Like, I know that, I know, well, and, and what is Israel like? The, the you know, knock on the door, party favor boy that comes by and offers services that nobody really wants, but since they're free, nobody really turns down. I'm just, I know that we're the three that are um, the most plugged in. When they talk about the five eyes, we're like the, we're the, we're the secret eyes, we're the, we're the triple club. And I'm, I'm not even saying that Israel's not like laughing at the little puppet strings it pulls for the UK American insider level of, of subterfuge. And I don't mean to leave people like Germany and France and China and India and Australia and whoever else feels like they belong there. But you don't belong you don't, none of you are up to the shenanigans that America, the UK, and Israel are up to, I don't imagine. And I, I can only imagine that the U.S. is up to the worst. But, again, I think the systems are building themselves up to put people in positions to just incrementally become very much not who they are. And while, yes, I am not being who I am when I walk out the door of a job that I am currently saying, no more. Then I turned down their offer for coming back, even though they admit that uh, that I did nothing wrong. I just don't have the energy to work in that space. It just is a bad fit now. Did I make it a bad fit? Yeah, somewhat. By walking out the door, of course. I realized that that is a limitation I put on the entire situation. I did try to go to the manager in the moment of everything happening. They were not available. There was nobody to talk to. There was nobody to even go to. One of the problems that was inherent in the entire two months that I was there was how little vertical structure there, structure there was. You, I trained myself. I worked by myself. I learned every single thing that really uh, I needed to know by myself, at least when it came to the shift I worked. And, and 
and that, there was no support. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with the labor shortage with COVID and a bunch of other things. I don't think the staff was ever appropriate, but that doesn't mean that my experience wasn't still my experience. So when I went to look for a manager in the moment of having an employee incident at work that was honestly worthy of having a manager get involved, I couldn't find one. <laughs> so I walked out the door. What else am I going to do? I'm going to stick around. So did I handle it the best I can handle it? No. But I still don't regret a thing I did. So how can I say I don't regret a thing I did and I could have handled it better? Well, because what I did, I did. I would regret if I'd have punched him in the face. I would have really regretted that. Did I? Could I have gotten over that? Because maybe it would have been justified? Yeah. But again, thank God it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, in other words, what I did, I did. So, regretting it, you know, regretting it means that in the moment you knew you were doing something that you could be doing better. Forgiving yourself means that you see now that what you did shouldn't have been done. And wishing it had gone differently just means the circumstances that were there, you really don't think you were enabling in any way. Nor did you bring with you, nor were you trying to somehow manifest. I just wanted to have a good day at work. And I was having a good day at work until I wasn't. So it didn't, if it, if it was something I was tripping myself up with to get myself to walk out the door, having had a blackout episode where I quit, I have to ask myself these kinds of questions. I don't have a single feeling of that energy from that day. And I'm very in touch with what I'm doing in the moment. I really am because I think I've been missing out on those experiences my whole life so i'm i'm always in touch with when i feel vibrationally off none of that was going on it was coming to me why i don't know maybe that's why he was no longer there the next day i don't know i don't know so since i don't know i don't have any way to know answers to questions that i'm honestly letting go of because i don't have questions about my own situation there i participated in it in a way that if you're going to rewind the save and start it from that point again, well, that is going to be the sequence I go down exactly the same again. Which means I'd be having this list of questions about myself. <clears throat> well, no, these are things I think. And so I think I should have been more uh, trusting of my mom, especially, to just handle it well. Because I'm handling it well. So the, that is the only concern she's ever had, is that I wasn't aware that I was mishandling stuff. And I was aware. I just didn't want her to know that I knew it was my fault. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I... I, I literally... I, there's another one. I'm not trying to fix my uh, past uh, misunderstandings with my mom. With my sister, that's different. I am going to try to fix those. But with my mom, no. My mom and I have always just been reading the same book, just talking about the wrong chapters. So, and, and, and the breakthrough on Sunday was that I think my mom understood. I wasn't hiding because I was ashamed. I was hiding because I didn't want her to feel the stress that my life brings to her. And I think she understood for the first time I don't mean to make you feel stressed out from things in your life that you're just doing. So it was, it was a complete 
um, mixing of oil and water into a combined state of existence that had never been in before. And it's funny because I heard her have two insightful comedic moments after that and laugh in a way that I had forgotten she was funny. She's a funny lady. And in a family full of comedians, I can tell you there's, there's some challenge to get stage time. So she has certainly been courteous enough to let those of us who feel like, but I brought a, I brought a beach ball. Do we not want to see me bounce my beach ball, please? She's always been willing to let me bounce my beach ball. Um, so I think my mom's pretty awesome. <clears throat> and I think our friendship is something that's been just a timing issue. So we'll see. I also know my dad. Yeah, he's probably waiting in the other room wondering why I'm taking so long to put my shoes on because we're going to go have an adventure. But I do feel like that's something that's happening too. And knowing that my family relations are on the upswing, knowing that my employment situation is going to fix itself out, knowing that my dog has been relatively healthy for a month, knowing that my cat has shown a remarkable recovery from her wound, and knowing that I've still got all kinds of places where I could have been better, it makes me optimistic for what the next 30 days mean, or the next three days, next three hours. Well, not the next three hours, but the next next week. What's the next week going to bring? could bring a whole bunch of hurdles and a whole bunch of shit going wrong. But at least it'll take care of all that stuff at once, you know? You can only stack up so much of the universe's chaos in your, in your corner before it starts flipping around, especially if you're managing it well. And if you're not managing it well, well, you're just inviting situations to spin out of control. And that was the guy I used to be. So every time I feel like I am, in fact, balanced on this diving board and not about to tumble off the end and land on my stomach, well, it's... It's something to recognize and to, to realize matters to me. So I don't, uh, I don't know why I quit jobs when I spontaneously do. So I'd like to see my next job not get me into a position where I have to walk out the door. But if I do, I will walk straight to my parents' house and say, I need some chocolate milk because I just quit my job. Ah, oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Well... You could also hand me yogurt and cereal, because another thing I think, and I'm going to share some secrets of the universe, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you're mixing yogurt and milk, if you've never tried it with, or I'm sorry, if you're mixing yogurt and milk, that's gross. But if you're mixing milk and cereal, well, that's what everybody does. And if you're like me, you're even probably putting some sugar in the bowl. But if you've never mixed up cereal with yogurt, you're missing out. And I don't know if I did this from force, like feeding a cat wheat thins on Thanksgiving because that's all the food we had. That can happen where all of a sudden you realize, you know, wheat thins on Thanksgiving might be a new tradition. Well, that wasn't true. I don't have wheat thins on Thanksgiving. I don't think I've ever had wheat thins on Thanksgiving since. So was it possible that I was out of milk and so I used some yogurt in my cereal because I really wanted some cereal, but I didn't want to eat it dry? Yeah, it's possible. But I think somewhere along the line, I just started thinking how good certain yogurt and cereal combinations might be. But whatever my thought was, I've never gone back. I'll occasionally eat milk and cereal, especially old cereals like Wheat Chex from my youth, granola. But granola and yogurt is awesome. That's an easy one. And maybe that's what it was, mixing it up in the ice cream store, finally convinced me that there were other ways to eat cereal. Uh, I don't know. But <clears throat> the... Any cereal works. There are some cereals that work better. I prefer um, the crunchiest ones out there. 
But the cereals I most often mix up with yogurt are Cap'n Crunch, because yum. Um, the Czech cereals, because I do like Czech cereals. Um, and then any of the um, Crunchy Flake cereals, like Kellogg's Special K now is like that. or I don't know if it's Special K, but um, Smart Start, Just Right. Those were some cereals that I don't know if they even exist in this universe anymore. But that's what they used to be called. And I know they existed because I used to eat them. But I don't care if you like Raisin Bran or Cheerios. If you've never tried it with yogurt, and you like yogurt, especially fruity yogurts, you don't know how good uh, orange cream Yoplait with Cap'n Crunch is. It's yummy. And here's another thing for all you cereal eaters, because you're making, you're making a huge mistake, especially if you regret the fact that the last third of the bowl of cereal sucks. <sighs> pour the milk into your bowl. And if you use sugar, pour the sugar in there too. Swirl it up. Get the milk ready. Now, pour in a quarter cup of cereal. Eat it. Pour in a quarter cup of cereal. Eat it. When you're down to the very bottom of the milk, suck it down like a milkshake. Don't pour your milk over a dry bowl of cereal and then add sugar to it and let it all start soaking together at once. You have like a minute and a half to eat that whole bowl of cereal. If you just keep adding cereal to the milk, perfect cereal all day long. <sighs> These are the things I think. I think I've figured out that if you don't want to put up with all that nonsense, because that's how much nonsense is involved in eating cereal that you still enjoy by the time you get to the bottom of the bowl, well, try yogurt. Yogurt doesn't make your cereal go soggy. It's another advantage. I mean, it will, but it takes like 12 minutes. So don't mix up your cereal and yogurt and then leave it in the kitchen for 45 minutes and come back to it because you might as well throw that in the yogurt or, or in the trash. That is just a brick of mud. But it's got a 10-minute shelf life, which since a bowl of cereal with milk has a two-and-a-half-minute shelf life, you at least get a little bit more time to mess around in the morning when you're thinking about how you're going to be. Because I also think, instead of asking people, well, how have you been? Constantly making us think back on and reflect on the things that have gone on in our life. And also kind of prompt the response of, oh, you know, I've been fucking shitty. This is going wrong. That's going wrong. And She's in jail, and I don't even know her, so why do I care that she's in jail? Well, how you're going to be is a question of, look, it doesn't really matter what's going on. I mean, it does, but how you're going to be is the only thing that you can truly do about it. So how are you going to be? I think dogs are better than humans. Well, I don't think dogs are better than humans, but I do think dogs are simpler than humans in that they don't get gummed up by stuff that doesn't matter. And they give kind of emotional connection that makes me realize wait emotions can't be bad for you look at dogs dogs are the best huh boo boo so i think humans are miracles but that little miracle called human being existence thank god they have dogs this planet would suck without dogs um okay i'm definitely stressing out about money which i hate to do but I can't help it. I only have like, I know I have less than 500 bucks and I know I haven't paid my heat. That's gotta be two, $300 right now. And I haven't paid my phone. So that's another 175, whatever. <laughs> Meaning 75, not 175. Anyway, so what I have left that isn't claimed already is about a hundred bucks, maybe less. And I haven't got dog food. So I gotta go buy that. In other words, I'm out of money and I've, 
I'm not like everybody else who's got IRAs or retirement accounts, none of that. I don't have anything. If I'm going to get some money, I'm either going to work and get paid or I'm going to sell something. Because I'm not going to, or, or I'm going to get help from my parents, which unfortunately, they're going to admit. Uh, even they've gotten tired of. But if I, if I don't get hired, you know, I basically have to go do the labor-ready stuff. And I've admitted that if that's what it comes down to, I'll do it. So I can't imagine that if I don't have a job by the end of the week that I'm not working Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Labor Ready. Like, what else am I going to do? So that's stressful. But I don't, I don't pretend that being in the money position I'm in is better than being in the position of having $70 million in the bank. Well, no, I guess I am saying that. I don't want, I'm a totally different person if I have $70 million in the bank. In a world that I see value measured in the appropriate sticks, there is no such thing as the life that leads you to a $70 million gap. It doesn't exist. So it's hard for me to think about what I'm missing when it comes to not having enough money. But that's a weakness because... I never have enough money. So I do have to use the next two or three years to figure out a stability platform in which I'm doing something that doesn't feel soul-sucking that also makes sure that I don't have to go do Amazon labor-ready shift at four in the morning, packing up boxes, making $40 to buy dog food. But at least that system exists, which makes it slightly better than work release. Uh, I will revisit my, my 16 list of job satisfaction candidates, the seeds, especially as I go through my acquisition of employment. But never ever am I doing something that I even hold myself accountable to in terms of an idea. I spit that out five minutes of time before I hit record because I wanted to at least have slotted things in a place that they made sense. I even wrote down like some of the names of people that I thought separated out the nuances so I could remember why I even had the nuance. Like I think people who found their life's calling would include Dave Chappelle, David Icke, Meryl Streep, Stephen King, probably, although he could have been born to write. Martin Luther King, probably, but he could have been born to be assassinated by the FBI. It's hard to say. So... When Jacques Cousteau is somebody who I think is realizing their dream, but Tony Hawk's a better example. I had him written down. And people who fell into the field and had extreme success, in other words, the fourth seed. I think of like the entire tech industry, frankly, but Bill Gates for sure. Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg, <laughs> Zuckerberg, um, Arthur Blank. You know, if anybody is, is society's next um, richest to rag story, it's Mark Zuckerberg. I'm just letting you know. Okay, and then, um, so then in the first position, Born to Do This, who's an example of that? Well, Bobby Fischer, Muhammad Ali, LeBron James, uh, Michael Jackson. Um, hmm. Who is the best example of it right now in the world? I'll have to think about that one. When I come up with it, I'll let you know. <clears throat> but 
I don't have any jobs that have ever been on that level. I don't have a job that's been on level five, which for me was you've become an earned leader in your field and it's a field you love. That would I imagine be the, the thing that most of us would strive to achieve thinking it's achievable. To be able to get to the next <clears throat> level and have the extreme success um, of a field that somebody like Gates or Bezos has, I'm not sure that that's even a better position to be in. I'd have to think about that fourth, this seating. That might be flip-flopped. But the sixth seating, I don't even have, you know, I've never even been a, a leader in my field. And I, I, again, those are those are judgments, but an accomplishment, I don't know. The, there's some, so that's why I'm going to get back to this. And that's why I imagine if you listen to it, you're like, well, you know what you left out? You left out somebody who never has to work, inherits enough money to call down to have the car brought around because they want to go get a milkshake. You're right, I did leave that person out. And that probably is a job that exists, but I'll bet you it's not the number one seed because that person is a marshmallow. They just don't know it. Um, and I'm not better than them. I'm not better than anybody. Matter of fact, I'm worse than most, but better than some. And only because I feel like in this culture, you can be worse than some. There are people out there who make better decisions than me, but I'm learning to make decisions that are better for me. Like I'm gonna pause and go blow my nose. Okay. That was a decision that was better for me and for you. And that's really what I'm looking for. Win-win decisions. Where I know I'm getting something out of it, but I know I'm not taking anything away from the opportunities for others to get something out of it too. And if possible, I'm making everything work out for the better. That is, I think, the ascendant consciousness that we're all trying to achieve. Not only am I getting something out of this, but I'm making everything better. What kind of exponential graphing does that have? Well, from what I remember from calculus, and having taken it more than once, and actually taking it at a time in life when I needed the A, think about that, I have to get an A next semester in science and math, I'm going to take calculus, because that's the only A I see on the board. Linear algebra? No thanks. Um, it's funny that I've always felt like I had the skills. I think I have the skills for greatness and no idea how to get there. Or if, in fact, I will bring the right tools to the job. And then you start to think, well, how have I not developed those skills then, right? Like, if you think you wouldn't really change much about yourself, yet you keep hammering your hand with every implement you have in the house and none of it do you seem to be utilizing correctly. Well, I guess I got nine more months. In the first day of the first trimester, I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. But at least I got the question out in the universe for me to remember so that I can think about it and see if I can come up with any answers. I do think using this process to listen back to myself is two things. One, tiresome, and two, enlightening. And I have to go back and listen to all 120 episodes here because at some point I have to note 
anything of value that was said early on because so much of that was just to get in the rhythm of being able to speak daily. That it's, I don't even think, I mean, I should be the last person to listen to it once I have hit stop. But then there's some stuff back there that has use. And I bet if I identify all that and then tie it into some um, seamless package of listenability, I'll refer to it quite a bit. So at some point, I'm going to have that targeted goal, whether I'll succeed at compiling something valuable, I don't know. I don't really have energy to do that, except that it's too undigestible to go back and listen to it. I don't know where the things I like about what I said earlier or need to pull into today are without having at least contained them in a digestible index. So snapping it all together in one big 10-hour session is probably what I'm going to do. But I don't think I know what I'm doing there. I'm just trying things. Um, but if it feels useful, I'll try and pass that along to people who can use it. Uh, I think... <sighs> I think eight companies still want me. That's how many looked up my credit report in the last month. According to Experian, that's not good. I thought it was less than that. I thought it was fewer than that. I thought there was less demand on my future finances from the number of companies having grown. Having grown? Having reduced? Ugh, less and fewer. Still working on those two, obviously. But eight companies. Eight companies pulled my credit report when I started working again. Hmm. I can't imagine that. But that doesn't stress me out in the least. It's just of note that if you're getting harassed by the creditors, I feel you, bro, or sis, or sis, bro, we're all under stresses that if we talk more about, we would feel like they were less stressful. So what I'm stressing about, I'm going to let you know, because in some ways, I think that's the easiest way to be dealing with getting rid of that stress. All right, I have two more things, I think. I think I'm the luckiest guy alive. I'll get into that more, but I just wanted to get that on tape. And I think I used to like sports. And I'm not sure I do anymore. I like playing them. Um, and I think I do all this because we all matter. We all make a huge difference. We just never convince ourselves that's true because... What looks like it makes a huge difference is splashy and memorable to a point we just don't measure up. But that doesn't make a huge difference. It's the same conundrum that the person who wins the Super Bowl has as to why that meaningful moment in life doesn't sustain them past a memory of it'll never be this good again. Well, <clears throat> because the splashy moments in life don't matter. They just are. They're as incidental as the unexpected tragedy of her son did what? And died? Well, what was he doing face jumping off a building in Sri Lanka anyhow? That's what kids do these days? Well, that's kind of cool. But still, he died. That's awful. Okay? Life throws curveballs. 
And when those curveballs happen to be home runs you smash out of the park, well, you feel like you're finally figuring shit out, man. Got this down. Did you see what I did with that? I hit that thing all the way out of the stadium. And the people looking at you go, well, yeah, that was pretty sweet. You got your shit figured out, don't you? And you sit there going, well, I guess I do. I hit that ball hard. Next curveball comes through. You ground out to second and double play. And you think, damn it, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, yeah, I do believe that's the problem with being a single tugboat in the harbor full of ships that you know you could help out. You just don't know how to help. Well, don't look for splashy moments. Realize that the best part of human experience is that it lasts a while. And that gives you all the time in the world to work out your mistakes and work day by day in small amounts to improve. Time moves slow enough here, you don't have to do it all at once. And yeah, when you look around and see people who do it that way, it looks like they won life. No, they didn't. They got lucky. They were born to do something that got noticed, or they just found their life's purpose at a time when it all came together. Just like you will. If you quit thinking that that is the path to the truth, and just start living as who you are, those moments do occur. It's a synchronicity that the universe offers. It may not be splashed all over Instagram, but it will be splashed all over the rest of your life. And when you start showing that kind of experience to the rest of us, we'll wonder, well, what the hell you got figured out? And we'll see that living your way wasn't so hard. In fact, in many ways, it was a way that if I'd have just known earlier, I mean, I'd probably be living that way this whole time. I mean, I'd be late, but not that late.